Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Kings fans, and welcome to another episode of the Hockey Royalty Podcast, the official podcast of HockeyRoyalty.com. I'm your host, Scott Kinville, and it's been a long time since we've done this, since we've got the band back together. But darn it, we did it today, and we've got so much to talk about. But before we get to that, we want to let you know that you can find us on Twitter. You can find us at uh, Royalty underscore pod and also at Hockey underscore Royalty. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube, all that under Hockey Royalty. We are everywhere social media wants to be. Let's just put it that way. Anyways, we have got a lot to talk about. A lot of happy Kings fans as of late. And to discuss all these great things that are happening amongst the kingdom. Like I said, we got the band back together. So I am going to bring in first our leader, our general, our president, the guy who leads us into the hockey journalistic wars every single day. It's the one, it's the only, it's Mr. Ryan Sykes. What's up, buddy? That's quite the intro. I'm doing well, Scott. How are you? Ah, hanging in there, man. Hanging in there. I'm uh, actually enjoying watching hockey. This is this is a yeah. welcome a welcome treat. And it's nice to have you back as the host too. I don't mind doing it, but it doesn't come as natural <laughs> to me as it does for you. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, I had to uh, I had to miss the the last episode there. Uh, life and work commitments. You know how that goes. Yeah, so, no worries. But we're back <laughs> together. And speaking of which, the other musketeer of this three musketeers, this triumvirate of king's power, if you will, he is the Prince of PDO, he is the King of Corsi, he is the emperor of all things analytics, it's the one and the only Mr. Russell Morgan. What's up, buddy? Playoffs? Question mark? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I, I, I haven't heard that word in a long time. Right. <laughs> uh, how you been, bud? I'm doing good, doing good. Good to have you back. Yeah, thanks. It's like I said, this is just um, like I was telling you guys the other night. This is just like a big peanut butter jelly sandwich. <laughs> it all goes together so well. So anyways, guys, we have got a lot to talk about and most of it's good. So let's dive right in. Last night, our L.A. Kings beat the uh, the surging New York Rangers. Uh, the Rangers had a chance to go into uh, first place overall in the NHL until they visited uh, Crypto.com Arena. or uh, We got to come up with a different nickname for that. Staples? Is that correct? 
<laughs> Anyways, our Kings beat the Rangers 3-1 to one and looked pretty darn good doing it. Uh, sometimes you win games through puck luck. Sometimes you get a couple breaks. The Kings just uh, pretty much took it right to the Rangers last night. So, guys, overall impressions from the game that went down in Staples, or sorry, Crypto, last night. So, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was good. I mean, it was a real kind of like litmus test for this team. Um, you know, I wrote an article that the Rangers are up there in the in the top of the league with uh, in terms of hitting. So they play just a real physical style. I mean, that was kind of their M.O. this offseason, right? Bringing in Ryan Reeves, uh, Barclay, Goodrow and uh, others. But. Uh, yeah, the Rangers started out, you know, first five minutes or so, they kind of controlled the pace. Um, you know, they had a real good chance on a turnover, like 30 seconds in. Um, but then really after that, the Kings kind of took over, and uh, they didn't have any goals to show for it in the first period, but it was nice to see them break through in the second. You know, Trevor Moore was involved on both of those goals. And then to get the the empty netter there at the end was awesome. You know, it was for me, it was good to see them respond to the Rangers' goal uh, with eight and a half minutes left and not fall apart that we've seen in the past. Right. You know, they just kind of kept plugging along and plugging along and um, they scored with the empty netter. So, Kempe's 16th goal of the season ties a career high for him. Yeah. So, you know, he's looking to get paid. He's in a county yeah. this year. So. <laughs> <laughs> Russ, thoughts? Yeah, it was uh, just another great, well-played, Corsi-filled game for the LA Kings since the return. I mean, if you look back to um, since they came back from that little shortened break, uh, the besides the Vegas game where they were kind of just getting their feet wet um, coming back from that um, holiday break, I guess, it, it, they've been playing well in, in, in every game. And it's only really been special teams that have really hampered the Kings um, so far, but right. I mean, just look up and down the line. The first line with Kopitar, with Kempe, and now I have Paulo's back. Um, they're they're playing well, and then they have the uh, second line, which everybody's now considering the first line, and more Dano and Arvidsson, which is playing. They're playing extremely well. I mean, anytime you, it seems like everybody that plays with Philip Dano seems to just elevate their game to the next level, and Trevor Moore is taking that next step, um, being played in that being um, put in that um, position. So it's, it's just been really good to see. And you have to talk about the resurgence of Cal Peterson on um, the last two games with the shutout from Detroit and going back to his uh, stellar play last night. I mean, he made the, that really great save. I think it was on Strom in the first 35 seconds of the game. And yeah. you're talking about just setting the tone right off the bat. I mean, if, sure. if he doesn't make that save, you're talking about a, a letdown of a start for the LA Kings. So, um, to have that big save for him and to continue his uh, his play style to what he was in the last few years, that's just good to see. And it's a good problem to have for Todd McClellan when you have Jonathan Quick, who's been playing really good hockey, and now Cal Peterson starting to live up to his hype. That's that's a good problem to have in a, almost a 1A, 1B situation going forward. But um, for the Rangers game, it, it, was, it was strange because you, you watch the game, you see the Rangers kind of, they make their plays, they, they get their good chances, but... The Kings kind of were were okay with get, letting them make the, like get those chances, but then they mm -hmm. counterattack constantly. Mm -hmm. And you saw Adrian Kempe right. getting constant three uh, three on two rushes or odd man rushes. You saw Arthur Kaliev with a good chance, and 
Trevor Moore was skating all over the ice. And it was just, that's kind of been the MO of the Kings recently where they'll give up those offensive zone chances outside in the outside areas and then really make their rushes up ice. And that's kind of, uh, that was kind of the MO of last night's game as well. So it was a good win and, uh, It'll be another tough test coming forward with uh, Pittsburgh Penguins coming on Thursday. Yeah, oh, it was. We'll get a tribute video there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was nice to see uh, Kempe shorthanded too. I forgot who was with him, but uh, nearly sco- scored uh, another shorty. Uh, mm-hmm. We're used to seeing the, the reverse of that, you know, when we when the Kings are on the power play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I have to tell you guys, of course, you guys know I live in upstate New York. So I had to watch the Rangers broadcast last night because the Kings was blacked out. How was that? So <laughs> it, it's kind of funny for, for starters. I, I do want to say they didn't mention 2014. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> they did, But they, they did have a, a very interesting observation. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's interesting to hear what other teams see in your team, right? Because we almost kind of like live in this uh, – this tunnel vision of we have our own view of our team that we watch all the time. So it is interesting to see outside voices and hear outside voices, I should say. And anyways, mm-hmm. they did say that since the, the championship teams, that the, the Kings used to be a big, physical, burly team that would wear you out. They said that this is no longer the case with them, but they're an extremely fast team now, which is something I, I it was like, wow, <laughs> I haven't heard those words in a long time either. <laughs> you know? But it was nice. I was like, you know, and then you think about it. It's like, yeah, no kidding. They are. They, that's what they do now. So it, it was great to hear that from another team's perspective, that this is suddenly a fast team. And, and guys, I, I think it's only going to get better, to be honest with you. Yeah, if you look up and down the lineup, there's, there's players all over the place that can really take the puck at a, at a higher speed than anybody else in the NHL. I mean, you look at – Trevor Moore and Victor Arvidsson with Phil Deneau and Alex Iafalo, who was showing off his speed. You have Rasmus on the third line, along with Turcotte, who looked pretty good last night. And then sure. Blake Lazat, Brendan Lemieux, and Arthur Kaliev are one of the better fourth-line teams in the NHL right now. So there's just four. I mean, and that was something that Todd McClellan mentioned last night, that he's getting really good play out of all four lines. And that's just – that's what's been the – the, to help with that consistency since that return. So if the Kings can if the Kings can continue that um, consistent play from all four lines, they're going to be a dangerous team, especially at home. And that's kind of what we talked about a few episodes ago, that the, if the Kings were going to be successful this year, they were going to have to be a successful team at home. Because when you can get that last change and you can send out yep. Phil Deneau against other top lines that they have been doing the last few games against Elias Pettersson with the Canucks and Dylan Larkin. And then last night against Artemi Panarin, he pretty much shut him down. And sure. we had heard that, I guess, Jim Fox mentioned on the telecast that uh, Alex Ayafala was almost given the, the job to kind of shut down Adam Fox too. And we saw that mm-hmm. happen where Adam Fox wasn't really that um, evident throughout the game. So it, there's, there's a lot of uh, good things happening right now with the LA Kings lineup and, Hopefully it can continue going forward. Yeah, and you know who else was shut down last night? It was Chris Kreider. Yeah. Chris Kreider's <laughs> been doing a lot of damage this year, and he was pretty much yeah. not hurt. Didn't hear and, from him. And you know, Aaron too. He yeah. made his return to the lineup last night, and I think he only had a couple of chances that I remember. Yeah. But, you know, I'll tell you guys, the, the Kings, <laughs> believe it or not, are starting to remind me of a, of a fast version of the New York Islanders. Roll four lines, get a lot of shots. Scoring can still be an issue, but – you know, I, and look what the Islanders have done over the past couple of years, this year notwithstanding. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's 
one of those just observations. And Russ, I think you hit it best. Where you got players up and down the lineup that can contribute now. And when you get all cylinders firing, you're right. It's going to be a dangerous team. I'll tell you what kind of stood out to me last night, and it didn't show up on the score sheet. But was it just me or did Rasmus Kukari, even though he only got about 10 minutes of playing time, seem to be all over the place last night? Yeah, he looked good last night. Yeah, I mean, what did you guys think about Alex Turcotte on the wing? I liked it. Yeah, I think I think Turcotte's been been pretty good in a couple games he's played so far. It it seems like he's been like so close to a goal on multiple I know. occasions. I know it's it's wild. I mean, he, like we were talking about it last night a little bit um, throughout the game. That's like, man, this this game just feels like Alex Turcotte is going to get his first goal. And <laughs> the, I don't I don't know what it is, but he's just been snake bitten ever since he's come into the, the lineup. And that's kind of been all over the Kings lineup, I guess, throughout the year that the Kings are able to get high quality chances and just can't convert them. But I mean, is that a problem? I guess when you're, you can't, when you're not winning games, it's, it's a problem. But when now that the Kings are winning games with pretty good goaltending and solid defense, that that's not really an issue. So if they're converting higher chances than the other teams, that means obviously the team's not getting as many good chances. So that's just good. That's that's a good thing to have. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I just want to touch on this, too. That You, you mentioned the goaltending. Uh, we do want everybody to know that there is nothing wrong with Jonathan Quick. <laughs> there was some, there was some I panic, was, I guess. Was, when was, the, yeah. Oh, my God, Peterson started two games in a row. What's going on? It's nothing. Uh, you know, actually, it's pretty smart management, to be honest with you. Uh, Quickie is, what, 35 years old now. Yeah, and, 36 you know, months. And the month. pace he was on was not going to be sustainable. So, <clears throat> to be honest with you, Cal finding his game again, it couldn't have come at a better time. Really. I mean, that there's just no if and or buts about that. Uh, but, uh, hey, you know what? We'll take that win. And we got uh, we got the mighty Pittsburgh Penguins rolling into town on Thursday, who, uh, geez, they're doing their thing again now, too. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> they we, are. And obviously, uh, the noteworthy item there is Jeff Carter returns to crypto or staples, whatever we're calling it. Um, obviously he'll get a, he'll get a well-deserved tribute video, but something of, I guess, something to note here, you know, when the Kings uh, traded him to Pittsburgh, they acquired a, as part of it was a 2023 fourth round pick. It can be upgraded to a third rounder uh, in 2023 if Jeff Carter plays in 50 games this year, he is at 28 games played with 48 games left. Go carts. So <laughs> just that Thursday. Yeah. He can play. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's definitely trending in a, in a direction where the Kings are going to have another third round pick in 2023. Yeah. You know, who else is coming back to the Pittsburgh lineup too is uh, Gino Malkin. Yeah, he is. I think they play tonight. Yeah, I think so. So you think he's coming back, and then obviously Kings will see him. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to see Brian Russ, though. He was placed in the uh, the COVID protocol. I think it was Saturday. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, he'll be he'll, out then. If it's a five-day, then he'll be, he'll be out. He'll be so out. Back. He'll be back, I should say. But, uh, you know, that's another guy they're going to have to watch out for. I mean, ever since he came back from injury, this guy's been unbelievable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, But you know what, though? Again, when they're rolling their four lines, they can present fits for anybody. And Russ, like you said, if they've got the last change, then that's just matchup heaven for Todd McClellan. Mm-hmm. And when you can, if we got a high powered team like Pittsburgh, who has got Sidney Crosby and Geno Malkin down the middle, when you got that choice of putting either Anze Kopitar or Philip Denol out them against them anytime you want, 
that's awesome. There's just no if and or much about that. And it's kind of interesting because the Kings were playing so well on the road before they came home, and then they had that dud against Vegas. But now they've they've obviously uh, turned it around four and two, you know, with one game left on the seven game homestand. It just, I mean, to Russ's point, just getting on the right track back at home is just crucial for this team. Yeah, and besides oh. the, I mean, the Predators game, even they could have they could have came out yeah. on top of that one. I mean, I thought they. That was a really well-played game, and the Predators are kind of surprising a lot of people this year. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody kind of envisioned, envisioned them to be where they're at right now. I actually thought – I really liked watching the Predators play. They play a really in-your-face type of hockey game. They do. But, I mean, besides the special teams play that happened th- during that game, the Kings played well, and they could have came out on top um, in that one. But, yeah, it'll be fun to watch uh, Pittsburgh come into town on Thursday. Jeff Carter, obviously. Uh, Evan Rodriguez is playing outstanding for Pittsburgh right now. That's yeah, that's right. That they're they're leaning on, um, but yeah, with it, it's it, you're starting to see that foundation of the next level of Kings hockey being built right now with Deneau, Kopitar is still going to be around. Obviously, Byfield's doing his thing. We'll talk about him, um, and then who, Blake Lazat's been surprising, and Alex Turcotte's getting games. There's a, there's a lot to like right now with the Kings, and hopefully they can keep it up. Yeah. Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And you know what? You mentioned Quentin Byfield, so let's talk about him. <laughs> uh, let's do it. <laughs> he is recovered. He is back. He is down with the Ontario rain in the AHL. And as of late, guys, he is just absolutely lighting it up down there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, Kings fans are clamoring to see the return of Quentin Byfield to the lineup. However, with the team playing as well as it is right now, there really isn't much room to insert him. So... What do you think the plan is going to be, say, for the next month or so? I think right now you just have to get them more games in the AHL. That's just like you mentioned, Scott, that the Kings right now are playing too well, and everybody, all the forwards right now are having pretty good games. I mean, I guess you can look at the third line maybe being some options there with Kupari, Turcotte, and um, Dustin Brown. Um, Dustin Brown's obviously not going to come out of the lineup, so you're looking at probably Rasmus Kapar, Alex Turcotte. Alex Turcotte's just getting his games, his first uh, or his feet wet in the NHL, so I wouldn't envision him, him coming out. And Rasmus Kapari, who's kind of been turning it up, he's been up and down throughout the year, but he's he's a first round pick that was drafted, I think, in 2017. So you have to envision him getting some more ice time throughout the year. So I mean, right now, with the way Quinton's playing in the AHL, you can't. There's, there's really no need to really move him. Just keep getting those um, high-quality minutes, those top-line minutes, and he's producing. So it's just he's playing good, so why change it? What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, who do you take out of this lineup right now? If we're probably at the beginning of the season, it's like, okay, maybe Blake Lazat comes out. Maybe, uh, you know, whoever we were talking about, third-line center at the time uh, in the preseason. You know, maybe they come out, but you're not taking anyone out of the lineup right now. Um, that fourth line's rolling, third line is, you know, Dustin Brown's kind of flanking um, Kapari and Turcotte, you know, being that veteran presence for those guys. So uh, Kapari is, you know, like you said, Russ, he's been up and down, but he's he's learning, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. he, had a, he had a really good – zone entry on Dowdy's blast against the Red Wings. He had that carried it into the zone, pulled up and fed it right to Dowdy for, his, I think it was his first even strength goal this season. Um, but yeah, he's shown flashes. I'd like to see him show a little more offensive capability, but 
I think that'll come just uh, as he gets more experience. You know, did you did you guys happen to see that Jay Fresh um, tweet just before we hopped on here? You know, the break the goal breakdown um, by uh, over the last like ten years by age. No. no. Anyways, go check it out. Uh, basically, to sum it up, you know, younger players are not scoring as much as they once were. You know, the percentages were leaning towards the the players closer to um, thirty. You know, I think that that could be why we're seeing Adrian Kempe have such a, a successful year. You know, just kind of putting it all together. It took him a long time to get to this point. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Well, hey, go check it out. Hopefully the rest of the Kings prospects aren't on that development curve and yeah. can kind of come in a little yeah. bit earlier. But that's funny that you mentioned Kempe because when I watch Rasmus Kupari play, I kind of get a little bit of an Adrian Kempe, kind of a young Adrian Kempe. Yeah, sense I can see where, that for sure. Where you can kind of you you see you know the speed is there and you see flashes of it and you're just kind of wondering like okay where's this consistency because or that assertiveness right. because right now. I mean, I, I, I talked to you guys last night about it. Right, now, Adrian Kempe is a totally different player than what we've seen the last few years. I mean, last year we were talking about, oh, let's trade him for whoever we can get at this point. <laughs> right. But now we're, right. he's the leading goal scorer, 16 goals uh, on the year. And he's just assertive. Whenever he has the puck, he's like, I'm using my speed to get in the zone and I'm getting a high-quality chance. And we're seeing that almost every shift. And you're kind of hoping that's the type of player that Rasmus Kapari can kind of develop into. Because he has all those traits to be a, a fast player. He has those flashy lateral moves. So if he's able to put it all together, that's just another player that can be added in or that can be a, a, a good boost and impactful player on the lineup. But, I mean, but, but it's funny. We're mentioning all these players and we're forgetting a player like Andreas Athanasiu who's possibly going to be coming into oh, the lineup yeah. on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So where do you slot him at? Carl Grundstrom was playing good. There's, <laughs> we're coming to a point right now, especially coming close to the trade deadline, where – What's going to happen with the LA Kings roster? I mean, this has been the question throughout the year, I guess. Is you have all these players that, okay, now that everybody's actually starting to play really good, you don't really have any extra holes. What do you do now with this extra talent? I mean, look at what Gabriel Velarde's doing in the AHL as well. That's another yeah, player that we right. have to talk that you have to talk about. A first round pick, the top 10 overall. So, I mean, there's, there's going to be some big changes coming up in the off season. And now with some changes to management, maybe we will see that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe even before us, you know, I've, if they got these players that are increasing their trade value by, by the day, you know, maybe you package a few of them together, a couple picks, what have you. And, uh, you know, Jacob chickens in an LA Kings uniform. I was just going to say, there's a defenseman in Arizona that everybody is clamoring for. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> oh man, I feel like people have already. It's bought not Alex Golgowski. Those number six jerseys are flying off the shelves already. <laughs> I tell you though, thank uh, thank God for the taxi squad. If you at least hide a few players there for now, and then you know worry about you know that's only I think that's lasting until All Star Weekend. I believe it is. So that'd be the, one, yeah. the first weekend. And then they'll reevaluate. But yeah, I mean the players there have to be making under a million, so you yeah. can't you can't slot in Athanasiu there. Right, uh, right. You know, when it's convenient. Well, I tell you, you know who I felt bad for is Martin Shirk. Finally got the chance to come up, you know, and then it was just, it was fleeting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a, it, it, when he's, when he comes out of protocol, he probably goes right back to the a, AHL, right? I mean, there's not a spot for him well, anymore. Yeah. And yeah, honestly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he goes, he goes back to the bottom of the, not the bottom of the pile, but you're, they're going to want to get Byfield up. 
Yeah, the cycle right? starts all over again, right? Yeah, I mean, what do you do? Sorry, Ross, I didn't mean to cut you off there. But no, no. I, sometimes I have to speak my mind or I totally forget it. Yeah. It's totally fine. It's just, it's just, it just kind of sucks for the player because, I mean, if you, if Martin Frick was healthy last year, he would have gotten plenty of playing time. I mean, there right. weren't really that – there were a lot of open holes, I guess, on the Kings roster at the time. There weren't that yeah. many young players making the step up that they are now. And that was time that Martin Frick could have been using to kind of make a statement in the NHL. But right now, you have young players like Kupari and Turcotte and all these others that are, are making an impact on the roster. So there's really not a, a need, I guess. I mean, you don't really envision Martin Furk being a part of the Kings' future, but you kind of just hope to let him show that he still has the capability to be an NHL player. So that way, who knows, maybe another team wants to pick him up off waivers or, or when he's a free agent come next. Yeah, no doubt about it. But I'll tell you, the, the Kings are just – bursting at the seams like we've been talking about all year remember we talked about this in the preseason actually that it was going to be like musical chairs mm-hmm. and yeah. it, it, it's just it's played itself out to be exactly that uh so i don't know guys i mean they they could be players at the trade deadline depending on where this team is and uh and you know what they really do have a legit shot and i, and I don't want to get off on too far of a tangent here but looking at that pacific division and i still think if they're going to get in the playoffs i think they're going to have to try to get that third spot because I think things are going to kind of balance themselves out in the second half of the season. Whereas, you know, you're not going to have Minnesota and Winnipeg floundering for too much longer. Uh, you know, there's just going to be – Winnipeg's always the the great unknown. Who knows what's going to go on with them. Uh, but the thing is, to get that third spot, you're going to have to leapfrog, say, well, Anaheim, you're going to have to hope comes back to earth. Uh, Calgary is starting to come back to earth. Edmonton, if they don't do something about that goaltending, I don't have a lot of faith in them either. So pretty much to me anyway, Vegas is the only lock. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Ken Holland, uh, Oilers GM, just had had an hour presser this morning kind of going like a State of the Union address. And he uh, acknowledged, you know, where we were on December 2nd was really good. Where we are now is not. We're kind of somewhere in between. We don't really know. So. I think uh, I think they're eventually going to pick it up again. I mean, there's just too much talent on that team, at least offensively. I mean, goaltending, like you said, Scott, will certainly uh, limit them as far as they want to go. But you know, as far as the regular season, I think they can they can right the ship in time. Yeah, well, I mean, and it, it really, you can't discount a team that's got Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl on it. <laughs> you just can't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, we've been talking about trades. We've been talking about scenarios and this, this and that. Well, the Kings did make a managerial move. They brought in uh, Mark Bergeron, the former uh, general manager of the Montreal Canadiens, and as a senior advisor to the uh, newly re-signed Rob Blake as general manager. So what do we think about that move? Um, kind of came out of nowhere, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Came, came out of nowhere, and I, I, I mean, I really don't have – an opinion on it right now. I just need to see what his role is and what he's going to be advising, you know, Rob Blake with, you know, Lisa Dillman of the athletic uh, put out an article, you know, basically why did they bring him in given his tumultuous background and stuff like that. I don't need to go into that, but you guys are all well aware of it. Um, But, you know, she mentioned he can, 
They'll be able to objectively look at the Kings prospects that in a different way that, you know, the current management is more or less married to. Um, right. Right. You know, and he's made, he made some good trades when he was in Montreal. So as far as maybe that department, uh, I'm not talking about like acquiring a Vander Kane or whatever. Let's stay the hell away from that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, legitimate trades that will make this roster better a Chikrin. Um, you know, if it's not Chikrin, uh, another dynamic young left shot defenseman right. just to get some more offense from, from the back end. It's just not there. I mean, they're sound. And don't get me wrong. They're sound defensively. They shut down mm-hmm. a pretty good Rangers team. Um, you know, Detroit wasn't, I mean, they're significantly improved over the last couple of years. Uh, and they've shut them down too, obviously, for nothing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when when the forwards aren't scoring, they need someone else to step up. You know, I think that's been a big reason why they haven't been scoring on the power play either. You know, there's really no yeah. – nothing uh, nothing coming from the point. Well, that's true. I mean, Drew was fantastic until he got hurt. and then, I mean, he still is. He's still an all-world defenseman. It's just he's not on that torrid pace that he was. Yeah, and I mean, that, that wasn't sustainable. You know, I no. think he was on like almost a two point per game yeah. pace. <laughs> well, he, he would tell you it was sustainable, but then... yeah. <laughs> so no, I guess to, to make my answer long and drawn out, I, I'm going to hold my opinion to see what uh, his role is with the organization. Right, right. What do you think, Ross? Yeah, I think I think Ryan hit the nail on the head there. It's just you have a. I'll talk about just the hockey guy in terms of Mark Bergeron. We're, we know about all of his other stuff that he's done. Logan Mayu tra- or drafted draft pick, all the, all the other things that have happened recently. But um, just as far as the guy as as a hockey mind, it's just an, another mind that comes in to the room where you have Luke Robitaille and Rob Blake who are, are really married to these prospects that they've developed and drafted over the last few years that, okay, we're going to be attached to these players, and these are the players. So now you have another guy who's been in the league for however many years who can come in and kind of take an objective look at these players and tell you, okay, this player looks good, that player looks good, and maybe give you another thought on who they can bring in to help with the team. Um, I mean, we talk about it as a surprise, but we it's been known about how Luke Robitaille is really good friends with Bergevin. Um, so that relationship was kind of already known, but to bring him in to help with the Kings as a senior advisor, I, I, I just kind of envisioning him helping out with maybe bringing in players from the outside um, of the Kings organization. So looking at helping out with trades acquisition or free agent acquisitions. I mean, <laughs> as soon as he came in, people were starting to, to partner the Kings with, Montreal Canadian players that Bergevin brought. Oh, up the Gallagher so you heard, one. You, you heard that? Gallagher's yeah. name being brought up, which is ridiculous. Like I signed him some ridiculous contract for who knows how long. Don't want to don't want to touch him. No. But I mean, you got to look at other players too that maybe that could happen. I mean, Ben Sherrod is a upcoming UFA who who had who's who's stated in the past that Bergevin has made a huge impact on his career. I mean, that's a thirty year old left shot defenseman who who could be an asset to the Kings who maybe plays that Alex Fedler role in upcoming seasons. I mean, we're speculating here, but I mean, you're kind of looking at that kind of impact that Mark Bergeron will have on the room. And, and I guess it doesn't really hurt the team. I mean, yeah, you can be upset about his um, 
recent, I guess, impacts that he's had in terms of the question marks, questionable things he's done. But if you're looking at just from a hockey standpoint, I think I think it's a decent addition. Yeah, you know, when I first saw that, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, why are they bringing a, a distraction, right? Yeah. But then, you know, the more I, I got to thinking about it, and, you know, it, it, you always kind of get past that knee-jerk reaction, right? For one thing, Bergevin is not going to have the final say on anything, for start. I, I don't think that's – I think we can all agree on that, you know. And, yeah, you're right. He definitely made some questionable uh, moves as, a, as the Canadian's GM, but – like you said, Ryan, he also made some really good moves. And I really think it's going to help them in the long run to have a, an outside voice to advise Rob Blake, to advise Luke Robitaille, because they haven't really had that since, you know, Ronnie Hextall was gone. Yeah. Uh, Mike Fuda, you know, we forget about him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mm-hmm. I really think that going forward, they need to have that outside voice to say, okay, here's what you need to do. Here's what you, you know, listen, we know you love these guys, but, you, you know, you, you need to, kind of look at this differently and what i like about it too is that mark bergevin comes from the eastern conference so if you're going to be looking to trade for talent or if you're going to be looking at anything else in that respect it's good to have somebody that's got an eye on the other conference because we all know that yeah i mean in this day and age technology you know, technological advances information is always right at our fingertips but it's also there's you still can't replace having somebody who's got actual experience in the trenches so to speak Right. I mean, you can have all the scouting reports you want, but the guy's been in the Eastern Conference for a long time and he knows what's over there. So that is going to help them in itself as well. Um, again, like I said, he's not going to make any final decisions. Uh, hopefully it just kind of blows over and he's kind of like in the background, like the fan of the opera. Like, Rob, if you need some <laughs> advice on a trade, I'll be over here, Rob. You know, kind of one of those deals. <laughs> I think, I think we'll see, we'll see how that plays out. I think that's kind of exactly what he's going to be. I think it's just more or less just bringing in someone who's well connected with other people, like let's you say in the Eastern Conference. I mean, right. I, I saw him there last night, and all he was doing was networking with some of the scouts that are around. So, I mean, that's a guy who's probably—I mean, I don't—I don't know, but I'm sure he's well liked among the hockey management community. He's been in NHL in some position or another for years now, so he knows people among agents. Every, who are players. So he knows a bunch of names out there. So that's just, I don't, I don't see him making like telling Rob, like, Hey, you need to sign this player. You need to trade for that player. I think it's just more going to be like, Rob's going to go to him for um, an additional, right. I, I guess, thought whenever he, mm-hmm. Rob has an, uh, an idea or wants a to sounding board. Position. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think that this is going to be, uh, you know, any in any form devastating to the Kings. You know, I and again, say what you want about the and you know everybody's rightfully so entitled to their opinions, but he, he does have a great hockey mind as well. And you know, sometimes you want to want to take that next step. You got to take some chances. Yeah, it'll be interesting too if he how long. He sticks around. I mean, is he going to be like a a Lane Kiffin? Uh, (laughs) As soon as an opening comes up in the league, he's going to bolt, you know? Uh, I I think that's kind of what the Kings kind of think as well. I mean, you're looking at a a person who's been a general manager for years, and 
you have multiple general manager positions open right now with the Anaheim Ducks are just down the street pretty much. So Mm -hmm. who knows? Maybe he wants to put an application for that position or maybe he's just coming over just to wait to see if he can get that position. So I I really don't see – there's been rumors that he's been – he signed a car. He's going to sign a contract to be the AGM for three years after the season. I, I don't see him sticking with the Kings for that long, um, especially with reports that Rob Blake signing an extension as well. So I don't. I just. I just think he's going to be kind of. He's saying, "Okay, I'm still involved in the NHL in some aspects. So if a position's open, give me a call." And I think that's kind of why he's here. Yeah. Yeah, that's that makes a lot of sense. That that really does. Um, We'll see. We'll see. So anyways, guys, that was a lot of fun. We should do this more often, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we say that every uh, time. Yeah, right? I know. And we always screw it up somehow. <laughs> Especially when no, the Kings a, are playing now. They're a lot more joyful. I know. So. I know. I'm yeah, we're not in here all miserable. And <laughs> <laughs> What is this? I don't remember this feeling since There's like 2014. No... This is great. It's amazing. There's no scowls. It's unreal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but anyways, like like we said, we got Pittsburgh Penguins coming into town Thursday night. Uh, Kings are on a roll, and like I said, sit back and enjoy the ride. And this, this is this is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Let's finish off the homestand on uh, five and two. Yeah, absolutely. That and you know what? That was just what the doctor ordered right there. It's exactly what they needed. All right. Well, hey, that was fun. Let's. Uh, I guess we're out of stuff to talk about for now, but. Quite well. <laughs> We promise you we're going to try to do this again next week. Try. I didn't say we would guarantee it, but we'll try. Anyways, <laughs> that's all we got, folks. Thanks for listening. So, for Ryan Sykes, for Russell Morgan, I'm Scott Kimbo. Always check out HockeyRoyalty.com for all the latest Kings news and, and rumors and gossip and whatever you want to talk about. Anyways, oh, yeah. thanks, for li- <laughs> thanks for listening, and we will see you next time on the Hockey Royalty Podcast. Go Kings. Go Kings. <laughs>